today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast, Derek and Eric here. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm actually in a pretty sad mood. I, everybody's very sad. Coolio has died at the age of 59. Uh, we believe it was a heart attack. We won't know, obviously, until there's an autopsy, but he uh, was at a friend's house, went to the bathroom, was gone for a very long time. The friend became worried, checked on him. He was unresponsive. They called EMTs who tried for almost an hour to revive him, but he was gone. Ah, it, it's it's really sort of devastating news. It happened sort of late in the day, so, you know, it, it was uh, just hard to hear. You had had the whole sort of day sort of going yeah, about your like, business, right, and then Coolio died. You get an alert on your phone, and it's pretty upsetting because Coolio's difficult. He's a guy who uh, was always around the L.A. scene, always very yeah. friendly with our camera people. And pretty important in his day. I think he's been a little bit forgotten by newer generations, but he was huge. Well, for, first of all, you know, I know everybody, and I've already seen, like, obviously, Gangsta's Paradise is flying up, streaming charts and sales charts. Everybody loves that song. It's an iconic song. It was not his only hit. Coolio is by no means a one-hit wonder. Not at all. Uh, multiple top 10 hits, top 40 hits. Uh, See You When You Get There. See You When You Get There, huge. which is kind of a sad song to listen to right now. Um, Fantastic Voyage. I had the cassette single of that back in the day. I loved that song. It was a top five hit. Um, yeah. Yeah, he he was he wasn't sort of a, a respected titan of rap. Well, but he it, was a big pop star who sort of like bridged between he, rap he is, and, he's, and pop he's between music. the two. Like you know, you have your very pop rappers like you know Flo Rida and Pitbull, people who make party pop music for mm -hmm. the most part, and then you have your very serious gangster rappers and things. He was in between the two. Yeah, because he did have these big pop hits, but he was not just some fluff. You know, and not not to disrespect people that make pop hits. No, but, not at all. But he, he kind of had a foot in both worlds. And, and Gangsta's Paradise, to be as big of a pop hit as it was, is a dark, sad song about the streets. And, and as was, fun as he was, you know, with the hair yeah, and the people, eccentricity. The image people dismiss. But he yes. was he was about that life and had very much lived, so. He was in his 30s when he became a star. So he had already lived a full life of all kinds of things. Um, and he took himself somewhat seriously a as a rapper. I remember a famous episode yeah. with him is that, you know, it's an honor to have Weird Al sort of spoof your songs. But when he spoofed Gangsta's Paradise with Amish Paradise, Coolio didn't really like that. Yeah, and, and Weird Al apologized. Because sort of, Weird, Weird Al, Al never, he never did parodies, parodies of people who didn't want him to do it. Yep. And he's like, I thought you were okay with this. I'm very sorry. Um, in, because Gangsta's Paradise ways, is serious content. I mean, it, it had a serious it, message behind yeah. it. And yeah, and I will say, like, it, it talking about his importance in music history... Coolio was not the first rapper to have a number one song on the pop charts, but in some way, if you, the way you look at it, it was kind of the first number one rap hit of what we think of as rap, because every number one song that was a rap song before that was, you know, Marky Mark and Vanilla Ice and right. Criss Cross and Sir Mix-a-Lot. Pure pop fluff. Yeah, or maybe no got, maybe got back, stuff that was right. a little bit more novelty. Yep. Gangsta's Paradise is not a novelty song. No. It, it's... I remember the video of just sort of like, uh, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer sitting yeah. on a, a stool in a stark black set. Because it was from the movie um, Dangerous Minds. Yep. Um, yeah, Coolio, it just it just seemed like, you know, he was, he was talented. He left a, a big mark and just seemed like a really cool guy. Yeah, I think you'll see the response to this. There are certain people when they pass away, even if you haven't been thinking about them on a daily basis, they're not top of mind. The public reaction will be long and will be heartfelt. I mean, people you know, loved Coolio. I remember this was with DMX. We weren't thinking about DMX. He wasn't at the height of his career, but the public response to the passing of because DMX was gigantic. Everyone and I think loved him. with Coolio. And yeah, Coolio didn't didn't sell as many records as DMX did. No. But, you know, Gangsta's Paradise is one of those songs, you know, certainly anybody of a certain age remembers Coolio and thinks yeah. of him very fondly. But even I think younger people know that song. That song is a classic that has endured and will always endure. 
and and we'll be hearing Coolio for a very long time. Still. I think you're right. The circumstances of his death, there's still a lot that we don't know. This story broke yesterday. We put it on the website. We were on top of it, and we're still running down sort of answers to know what was what was happening. This is a strange scenario where he went to the bathroom for a long period of time, uh, and then his friend checked on him, as, as Eric said. This, uh, the paramedics did come and try to work on him for 45 minutes, but he ultimately he passed. He had a, a history with some drugs that he was very open about. But we should also say that there there were no drugs or paraphernalia found at the scene. That's right. This so could have just been it could have been a heart, heart attack, attack from he was years of hard living and whatnot. Fifty nine is is you know relatively young. Yep. But he could have had a heart attack. That could have just been. Yeah, just what happened? I mean, this 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 bummed me out the whole night. I have I to say, I don't know how to, I, 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 I was take very certain sad. deaths very very hard, and this was one of them. I just was like, for, sort of sad. Mary's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "You know, Coolio passed. You just want Coolio out there. We yeah. did him at LAX, and even when his hair was sort of falling out, and he only had a few left of the palm trees, he was just a lovable figure and in LA. And he still performed, and still, still people he had were excited to hear on, him. He had concerts yeah. on the docket, uh, and so you and, know, and listen. Interesting. Also, he was trying to get his passport. That's why he lives in Vegas. He was in LA right. to, to get his passport because he was going to Germany for the weekend to perform. Yeah. Because internationally, everybody loves him. That song translated. His career translated. Everywhere. Yeah, when you have a song like Gangsta's Paradise, you will be famous for the rest of your life. And that's where Coolio was. He didn't need anything else. If you get out there and sing Gangsta's Paradise, you sing Fantastic Voyage, it's going to make people happy from a certain generation. One, two, three, four, something new. Remember that song? Oh, it was amazing. Get Your Woman on the Floor? Love him. Love him. some jams. So R.I.P. Coolio. Uh, Let's let's move on to uh, the ongoing Adam Levine saga. Now we have someone in Adam Levine's corner. But... He has a little bit of a bias, so I want to talk about it. So Another rapper. Another rapper. A very famous rapper <laughs> famous in his own rapper. right. Uh, I've been watching old Shaquille O'Neal videos, rap videos from the 90s. He's actually pretty talented. He has but anyways, hits, but yeah. I, I digress. Uh, so Shaq uh, talked to TMZ Sports, and he said Adam Levine, notwithstanding the the, the scandal and the controversy involving all of his DMs to various women uh, behind Bahati Prinsloo's back and his trying to repair his marriage and so forth, uh, Shaq says Adam's good in my book, uh, despite all this alleged infidelity that's going on. Uh, but what's interesting is he's been sort of talking about these these controversies with infidelity very delicately because Shaq has his own history, which he's open about. And, yes. you know, he was a very, very big star basketball player who's married to Shawnee for years, uh, but said he cheated all the time. So it's hard for him to pass judgment on guys like and, Ine and rock stars and basketball players. They share. two professions. No- Famously kind of known for infidelity. Listen, you travel a lot. You're extremely popular. The temptations are rampant on the road, and they both uh, gave in to them. Yeah. Uh, so Allegedly. So, allegedly. <laughs> Not allegedly with Shaq. Shaq yeah. admits to them, but, you know, so... It's interesting to hear from Shaq. I like this. This is a, this is one of the stories I really love because so many people moralize. They get on their high horse. They get up there as a talking head and sort of tiss tiss people. But Shaq said, "How dare? How could I possibly do that? The blowback would be immediate. Yeah. It would be really inconsistent." So he's standing behind these people. He knows uh, Nia Long and Emi Adoka, and he's like, "I'm going to step away from this conversation." And you can listen to it here. It's it's a very sort of matter of fact. Shaq. Shaq is always in a jokey mood, but you got to listen to this clip. Adam is a personal friend of mine. He's always been a great guy. He's coming to help kids out this weekend. That's as solid as you can get. It's not my job to say, you did this, you did that, you shouldn't have did this, you shouldn't have did that. As far as I'm concerned, he's coming to help kids out this weekend. And, you know, he's a good man in my book. And, you know, he's uh, you know going through some things right now, but I'm sure he will overcome this. But, it, again, it's not my job to say he should do this and he should yeah. do that. It's a perfect Shaq approach to this because he wants to shift the focus to look at all the good things Adam Levine does. Yeah, he's he's raising money for charity. charity. That's what they're doing. And 
this is, you know, if you think Adam Levine's a creep or whatever, fine. Yeah. But there's nothing illegal here. I, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating from cheating or, or flirting with Instagram models or sure. whatever. But that's but between the, but he they, and his But that's his between wife. him and his wife, who is so far standing by him. Um, and these women, again, are not underage. They are not saying it was not anything, in, like, not consensual. There's nothing illegal about this. Yeah. It's a, if you want to say it's smarmy, fine. Yeah. And, and he's acknowledged it was inappropriate, at least. So Adam Levine's acknowledged, like, okay, I was being a bit of a creep. Right. But does that out, you know, when you, when you weigh things, like, okay, he's also trying to perform for these children's charities, that he's yeah. done this work for a long time. Should he not do that? Yeah, you're a sleazeball apologist. I understand. I mean, it's, it's, it's no, I, <laughs> I mean, I I'm friends with, with you, you. so <laughs> I agree. I mean, there's a, such a quick rush to judgment. People want to say, let's cancel people immediately. That's the culture we're living in. But if you pause for a moment, his transgression, while not something that we're looking to defend, it truly is between he and his wife. It, it, it just is. Uh, we talk about the term around here, bedroom police. I, I don't know the terms of their marriage, yeah. and neither do you, the public, yeah. but everyone wants to say, Bahati Prinzel, you should leave him. People have said, Said this uh, for decades. People said it when uh, Bill Clinton was caught cheating on Hillary, and then Hillary got on TV and said, "Look, I'm not Tammy Wynette, stand by your man." But you don't know our relationship. But even and even I'm that stick one with was him. a little different because it was the president. Yes. So people were a little more interested. This is this is a rock star. Yeah, it's a pop star. It can't it's, be that surprising. I'm, yeah, I guess that's the thing. It's it's not. I'm, I'm not defending think, it or condoning should, it. But right. it's up to the listeners. If if you're like, you know what, he's kind of a creep now, and I don't want to listen to him anymore. Fine. Right. But you start that's to tread closely to sort of she signed up for this life, and we don't know that either. No, Maybe no, she I'm, thought they were in a committed no relationship. There's no blaming her on this. This is all on him. That's right. It's all on him, but it is also between them. It and, is between and them. As as media, we are quick to say like the the public figures' business is our business. And that's what we do. We 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 are yeah. interested in them. We're trying to provide sort of information. But at the end of the day, he is not someone who we can sort of say committed some atrocity. He's not a monster. It's He's like, not this a is, monster. This is not R. Kelly. We, that's right. This is not R. Kelly. This, this is, is not a Bill smarmy pop star doing what smarmy pop stars do. Yeah. And and Shaq, to his credit, is not piling on because he knows that he doesn't want the stories coming out of, oh, oh, Shaq, that's interesting. I heard you took Adam Levine to task. He doesn't want that. No. So well, he's saying, let's on the charity. Yeah. He's sort of a Santa Claus figure. Like, sometimes Santa Claus has sleazy mistresses on Mrs. Claus's back, but he's yeah. also Santa Claus who delivers cool things to children. So. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with this, and I thought it was a was an impressive way for Shaq to handle the whole controversy because people asked him about it, and he said, "Look, I'm going to step away, and I'm going to focus on the good things about Adam Levine." And as you said, Shaq is not somebody who can really throw stones in this particular instance. No. So, so there you go. Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Now we're going to get to the Kardashians. Uh, Khloe Kardashian 
you know, I want to take a moment of silence because she suffered a brain injury. Trauma, um, brain tra trauma. A brain injury that is physical injury from the Tristan cheating scandal. So on the Hulu show, uh, Kendall and Chloe go to a doctor. And Ke and you see Chloe gets into an MRI machine where they're doing some sort of brain scan. And the doctor is then talking to Kendall and Chloe about what he sees in their brain activity and what it indicates. So he looks at Kendall's brain and he says, I see you have some frontal lobe damage that was uh, from a snowboarding accident. You know, they're a very active family. She's, you know, Caitlyn Jenner's daughter. She, she's out there. So she had a crash. There's a brain injury. That makes sense. There's a physical sort of concussion. It, it shows up on the brain scan. He then moves over, over to Chloe, who also says she had a physical injury. She went through a windshield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a car windshield when she was 16. Car windshield That'll leave a 16. mark. That'll leave a mark. You know, sure. your brain doesn't, uh, you know, you know, heal itself in the way that your bones do. It's it's sort of a bundle of nerve cells, and if you got damage, it's going to be there. Your brain can you can recover, uh, but there will be damage. Then he says, "Look at this scan, and there's a little diamond area in the center of her brain. This is her emotional center." And he says, "There's a brain injury. That's from trauma. Have you had any trauma?" <laughs> Just did a study called SPECT, and SPECT looks at blood flow and activity. It looks at how your brain works. You worry. Yes. And you can be anxious. And you've had trauma. Do you see this diamond? Yeah. So this often will go with emotional trauma. Okay. It sounds unbelievable that this is something that one person has gone through. So how have you managed to do so well? I think family. It seems like such a, a line fed to the doctor by the producers of the show. It like, seems like a son. Ask her about her trauma. And doctors are involved in this. It's funny. We think of doctors as in this exalted position of, uh, you know, they're very dignified. They have go to, go to lots of schooling and they care about health and wellness. And so we should therefore respect them. But, you know, doctors in L.A., I, I'm sure this doctor is, is also very professional and does a good job. But to participate in this kind of stunt it, on a television show and tell me that the emotional trauma she suffered can be seen in a diamond pattern on her brain and can be related to Tristan – is silly. Even even, even <laughs> the, the the most ridiculous thing to me about this is the doctor is talking to her about it, and he, you know she's he's like, what kind of emotional trauma have you had? And she's listing. He turns with, into a therapist with Lamar she's, and yeah. and Tristan and all that, and he's like, well, how did you get through all that? And she's like, with the support of my family. And, it, and then in her confessional, she says, I don't know how one person can endure so much. Yeah. Uh, all right, you've had look. She's had a tough run with Tristan. If you're to believe all the press, it hasn't been uh, great news uh, dating him. No, but she has, and she has had some emotional trauma for sure. I don't think anyone would dispute that without question. Not she's just also, Tristan. There's a lot of things. And she goes, you know, my dad died when I was 19. Sure, I had all these problems with all my exes. Yes, and they were some some big problems. Um. She's also led a very charmed life, and they just seem in this show to try to be wringing out as much um, conflict and interest in points of their life. And to go to this to this extent, it's sort of silly. They're at such a stage of fame and, and wealth that they are unrelatable. Like, they have time on a random Wednesday to go, like, check out their brain health. It, it's so silly at this point that when the Kardashians started, they were— kind of a normal, grounded family. They weren't as famous. I think the appeal of the reality show was, wow, we're inside the life. She happens to work for Paris Hilton, but they're kind of roughly a normal family. This yeah. is not a normal family anymore. No. I, I imagine the next step will be she'll post an Instagram picture of her brain scan, but it'll be Photoshopped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I, like, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And and look, I, I don't want to pile on Chloe too much. I think that the the she 
She did she endure has had trauma, a lot. For sure. She has, and, and they want to convey that to the world. She wants to present a certain image of how she's processed this and look at what a strong, brave woman she is, even though she has a diamond-shaped scar in the middle of her brain put there by Tristan. But and it, going through a windshield when she was 16. That <laughs> I just could find, have something to do with it. I just find it so strange and manipulative to now bring doctors into the show to examine her yeah. in this way. It's a, you know, you are clinically traumatized. You're clinically traumatized. <laughs> they didn't do a session where like you invited cameras into a therapy session, which would have been like odd in its own way, but yeah. at least sort of made sense to the world. But to have her on the <laughs> the MRI, have her on the, the MRI machine wheeled in and then come out and Kendall and then listen to scientific talk from a doctor. It's so it's farce at this point. It's basically, it's I mean, the, the doctor's like, I mean, might as well just be like, you know, show me on the scan where he hurt you. Yes, exactly. Like, that's what that's it comes what it off felt as. Like. It felt like in the, in the <laughs> testimony of here's the doll, like, show me, on, where did Tristan hurt you? <laughs> uh, very, very silly. Now let's move to sort of a, a happy story. Yeah. I think a happy story. Billy Ray Cyrus engaged, has found love again at yeah. the age of 61 with a singer named Fire Rose. Someone is... mended his achy, breaky heart, Eric. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was going to avoid that. Uh, I knew you would. That's why I had to bring it. Yeah, I knew you would. Um. <laughs> So it's Fire Rose is much younger than him. Yeah, uh, in her late twenties. So is she anyone that of note? Is she a, well, an artist that we should care about? She's a singer. She's not had any like, hits or anything like that. Um, surprisingly, do you know where she and Billy Ray met? No, on the set of Hannah Montana when she was Yeesh. probably a child or teenager. Well, maybe. she's only twenty eight now. Yeah, He's and 61. Hannah Montana's been off for a long time. So uh, obviously they were not dating then. I'm not no. implying that at all, but just they they met on the set of Hannah Montana. Yes. I guess, you know, he's a successful, famous musician. She is a musician from Australia. And I guess he kind of mentored her and she says like he helped her with her career and the, the industry. Now they're together. Yeah. There's and, uh, a creepy read of this, and there's also a perfectly innocent read of it, is. that she so he was around the set at someone that he's very familiar with, and he watched grow up, and well, so not, forth. No, I don't know that, like, I don't think she was a regular on the show. I don't know about that. Oh, okay, okay. They might have met on the set. Oh, fair and then, enough. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about their relationship to say that. But they did meet yeah. on Hannah Montana. Yeah. Um. So now they're engaged. They're posting photos. She's got the, the rock on the finger. Yeah. And he's found love again after he and Tish got divorced. Yeah, look, this is quite an age gap. So we're 33 years. She's about Miley's age. Yes. So she is about Miley's age, which has its own sort of strange overlay to the relationship. You know, this is a pretty close family, even though he had the divorce from Tish. And they're they're sort of well known on Instagram as being a sort of tight-knit family. The divorce certainly strained things. Uh, there were factions that sort of developed. And they said they've, they've been, he, he and Tish have have been separated. They, they were off and on for almost a decade. Yes. And have been separated for years, long before we knew they were you know, split. Yes. So, look, he's, he's found somebody new. He's, he's found someone new. He's 61 years old. And she he's, is, you know, almost 30. So she's not yeah. a child. It's not, I mean, she is much younger than him, but it's not like she's 19. She's an adult. Yeah, she's an adult, just like his daughter, Miley Cyrus. That's she's what's an, weird. She's an and adult even that's of the same age. seems so weird because we watched Miley grow up from when she was a child. Yes. So it's hard to get that out of your head, but... It'll be interesting to see if there's any response from Miley about this. I think they, they're they an oh, interesting they, family. Sometimes she can be very outspoken, but other times they can be quite I private and let these things I was just reading this morning, because I was like, I don't, I, who is Fire Rose? Uh, apparently, Miley and Billy have unfollowed each other on Instagram. Okay, that's not a good sign. And I think that's fairly recent. So, that, I don't know if that's related to this, or just... Because she and Billy have always 
Yeah, had their rough sort spots. of tense relationship. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's outright hostile in any way. I've seen interviews where she says favorable things about him. I mean, he's such a big part of her life and her success. I mean, he's her father. Disabuse. He's also yeah, her yeah. father. Yeah, and it's hard to distance yourself entirely. Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus is such a public figure. Um, but that's not a good sign. That's Un- not a good sign. each other. And this will, it introduces a lot of uh, awkwardness, if nothing else, into, into a relationship when, you're, when your father is dating someone who is roughly your age. It's strange because she's going to be inclined to maybe side with her mother in certain ways about and and this only sort of feeds that narrative that dad's out there having a midlife crisis and now got his young girlfriend yeah. and he's very wealthy and he's now dating he's now maybe and, engaged and to someone who is around my age you, it's strange you might be more used to it if, if if billy and tish had gotten divorced when miley was very young and she had grown yes. up with him always dating younger people or whatever but her parents were together for most of her life yes and it was sort of this functional nuclear family that they had. Yeah. And then dad sort of like is now dating a, or, or engaged to a 28-year-old. It's going to be strange. The, the Thanksgivings are going to be odd. So good luck, Fire Rose. I hope they're happy. Look, as as we've gone back to in this, in, in this episode uh, a bunch of times, to each their own. There is a sort of like bedroom police. Maybe this all works for their family. Maybe there's no hostility. Maybe there's no awkwardness. Maybe with there's Miley. a little. Maybe there's a little Instagram hostility. But there's a few tea leaves that, we're, that yeah. we like to read. Now I want to end on... A tremendous note. Yeah, history. We've got history. So New York Yankees uh, slugger Aaron Judge just hit his 61st home run. 61 is a sort of magical number in baseball because Roger Maris exceeded Babe Ruth's home run total for for years, for decades. Babe Ruth hitting 60 home runs was seen as unfathomably, you know, large number of home runs that no one would ever touch. Roger Maris breaks the record in 1961. Sort of 61 and 61. 61 and 61. He and and Mantle are are hitting home runs back and forth. There's been movies with Billy Crystal about it. Um, Judge has now tied Roger Maris. And in the stands is Roger Maris Jr., because Roger Maris passed away in the 80s. And Aaron Judge's mother, they share a beautiful moment when, when Aaron hits this home run. But the fan. There's one fan who is so heartbroken. He's heartbroken because 61 is going to be worth a lot of money. Six it won't figures. be worth as, one, as much as 62, but a it's a few hundred thousand dollars at least. A few hundred thousand bucks. Six figures. Uh, these these balls do auction. We've seen that people are able to collect this amount of money, and he misses it B- barely. barely. So there's a fan in the stands. The 61st home run ball comes flying toward him. Yeah, and he gets the the glove out to catch it, and it kind of grazes. Glances. Yeah, and it's just, hard. Boop, b- bounces back off. And the guy, obviously very upset, he throws the glove, <laughs> throws his hat. He's like sitting there rubbing his eyes. Also, the funny thing, the Yankees— He brought were, the glove to catch Aaron Judge's home run, and then he sees this thing soaring towards him. It, it wasn't a towering shot. It was a yeah. quick home run that got, gets out. And, and the it, salt in the wound on this is also—I love that the guy—so the, the Yankees beat the, the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. The guy that missed the ball is wearing a Blue Jays jersey. It's it's so, it's poetry. It's poetry lost, in motion. He lost you, everything. You 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 literally had a couple hundred thousand dollars at your fingertips. It's it's very sad. Now the good news, I guess, for Aaron Judge is that his mom got the ball. Yeah. So eventually the ball fell into the, the Blue Jays dugout. Eventually the ball gets back to Aaron Judge, and then he gave it to his mother. Yes. Which is sweet. Who has no reason to sell it, by the way, because Aaron Judge is also a free agent. And what that means is I would is love if, if tomorrow Aaron Judge's money. mom puts that ball on eBay. It'll be amazing. <laughs> she's like, this is my baby boy's if ball. If she has a rift with Aaron at some point, she's like, who wants it? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Baseline price, $100. Bucks. Um, but he's going to get paid a lot of money. The, the, the other sort of saga that's going on in the background is he turned down, I think, 
213 or 230 million dollar uh, contract. It was more than that, but I'm not he sure. He turned it down and said, I'm going to bet on myself. Uh, I think I'm worth more. And now he has turned in one of the greatest seasons of all and time. And it's not over. And it's not he over. He's almost certainly going to break Roger Maris's record. That's right, which will be an American League record. And a lot of people will treat it as baseball's record because all of the other home run records are in the National League, but they are Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. And Barry Bonds. They're, they're the steroid scandal years. That's that's right. Those kind of inflated numbers that people technically they do have them, but they're there. But they're an asterisk in people's yeah. minds. Uh, those guys don't make the Hall of Fame because of being tied up with a certain error. Aaron Judge is being treated as the savior of clean baseball because he's 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 a six foot seven. He looks like a sort of superhero. And to our knowledge, is, is entirely clean. Now, I'm if sure that they're testing, falls, particularly there's a lot I, of testing now. I think probably I'm sure baseball does in general now after all that scandal for all those years. Him particularly, when someone starts breaking a sixty-year-old record. Oh, he's peeing in a cup you, virtually every, every game, every day. Absolutely. Probably as he's as he's hitting. Like <laughs> you know. he comes back to the dugout, couple high fives, then to the bathroom. Aaron. Exactly. Um, so the one other element I want to talk about is is Roger Maris has has existed in the public psyche as this very important person who broke Babe Ruth's, Babe Ruth's record, and his family has been following this tour. Like they went to Toronto for the game because Aaron's been chasing sixty-one, I think, for seven or eight games, and there's a a bittersweet feeling, and you can see it on the guy's face because his father's fame and enduring legacy is built on this number, which is now going to be eclipsed, and then he'll be second in line. But he had a conversation with Aaron Judge. You don't hear the conversation, but Aaron is so nice to the family and so gracious, and all you see him saying is, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. He looks down. Baseball, he sort of got this I think, humble... is, is a sport more than almost any other sport that really respects the history of the game. Yes. So I think we'll still remember Roger and, and, Maris. Well, yeah, I don't think he's is, done or erased like, I'm not from history. A, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I know who Roger Maris is. Like, yeah. like, you know who Babe Ruth is. Certain people just become household names. Yeah. And their name endures, and he will always be one of those. I think that's right. And now Aaron Judge is another one. Yeah. So that'll do it for today. Um, go ahead and download the podcast, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. See you.